0: Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. A team is, like I said, we're going to start off with legal conversations and we're going to be talking about death benefits on a deceased estate. And uh, talking to us uh, today is Kathleen Briet who is an attorney and director of Vermeulen Attorneys. Please do remember that you can call in on 11 714 or WhatsApp us on 0614104107. SMSs go to 41391. Kathleen, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Patricia. Now, Kathleen, firstly, I think it would make sense for us to, exp- uh, you know, to have an understanding of um, who are beneficiaries on a deceased person's estate. Because sometimes we feel that just because I'm a person's child or wife or second wife or, you know, or cousin or mother or father, that automatically I've got the right to their estate once they are deceased.
1: So we have to first distinguish between people who die with or without a, a, a will or a testament. So obviously, based case scenario, is if someone actually drafted a will, because then they get to choose whoever gets to inherit the estate. So obviously, if it's a it's a situation where there's a will, then the people that you nominate to be your beneficiaries will be your beneficiaries of your estate. If you don't have a will, then we go to the the... the basically the old roman dutch law where the law makes the decisions as to who gets your estate so that's where your children will get your estate or your wife will get your estate if your wife has been predeceased, you don't have children your mom or your dad will get your estate so there you go into all those pedantics so it's very important actually to do have a will to make sure that the people you want to be taken care of when you actually leave this world are taken care of Um, and not to go into the Interstate Act and laws because that's that's just really it. Number one, it takes extremely long, and number two, it's a very complicated situation.
0: But sometimes, Kathleen, um, we we find that uh, employers assist employees to to, um, take out policies, whether it's a life Mm. insurance policy or it is um, a funeral policy or um, one of those that would uh, perhaps cover your pension fund. And on those uh, documentation, you will then fill out the people that you nominate to become beneficiaries. And then later on in life, you get a will. And perhaps you put other people on your will. So instead of putting your two children and wife um, on that will, you put your new wife and perhaps an uncle and an aunt and you forget about the other people that were nominated on your pension fund or your life insurance policy but on your will it's something else how do we then um, match those discrepancies when the person has passed on
2: so
1: what happens is if you take out a policy obviously you get to choose a beneficiary so if you don't ever change that beneficiary, then the holder of the policy or the insurer obviously has to pay out to whoever you chose as a beneficiary. So if it's twenty years later and you nominated your ex wife, your ex wife no longer in the picture, um, that beneficiary was never changed and you you are deceased, that beneficiary is not changed and your ex wife will get everything in terms of that policy. So that is the insured that's his responsibility to actually go and change the beneficiaries. So the will, what is important to understand is the will stands separate from all these life insurance policies, funeral policies, all these things, where you get to nominate a beneficiary. Um, The will, you nominate specific people, and in terms of beneficiaries for all these policies, you can nominate completely different people, either willingly, or it could be a situation where things have changed and you literally just forgot to go and update
0: those details. So, the will and the beneficiaries on any policy stand separate sure. yeah I hope A is you are tuned in because these are things that we need to take care of um, there 's a lot of deaths going around, and sometimes it it 's not because of illness um, some, sometimes they, they its it 's you know deaths that were unexpected. So if you do have beneficiaries and you've got policies, I think now is the time for you as an A-teamer to sit down with uh, your financial advisor, whoever your insurer is, or your lawyer, to look at those beneficiaries and that will and make sure that there's not much discrepancy or you change and put the correct people. Call in A-teamers and interact with us as we speak to Kathleen Breit, um, an attorney and a director of Vermeulen Attorneys. The number to dial in on is 11 2006 You can can SMS on 41391 or WhatsApp on 0614104107? Kathleen, we're going to take a bit of a break. When we come back, I'd like us uh, to, to look at a scenario um, that is potentially a scenario that could um, emanate when it comes to uh, these issues of death benefits. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. It is exactly 22 minutes uh, after 10, so it's 22-22. If you are a person that looks into numbers, this is your lucky time. Maybe write these down and you might win something. Who knows? S F M 104-107, leading the conversation nationwide. This is Late Night Conversations, and my name is Patricia Nduli. We are talking to Kathleen Briette, who is an attorney and director of Vermulen Attorneys. The number to dial to interact with her is 011-714-2006. Alternatively, 011-714-4045. You can also WhatsApp us on 614 104 SMSs go to 41391 and they are charged at one rand 50 Let me go to a voice note before we go back to Kathleen. All right, it seems that uh, there's a bit of a technical issue here on our system. We'll come back to the voice notes. Um, let me remind you that uh, Kathleen is an attorney and director of Vermulen Attorneys. We are talking about a death of benefits. Now, Kathleen, here's a scenario here. So Laura uh, you know, has had a, a very sad predicament. Her husband, uh, John, passed away. And... Uh, you know, and when he died, there was a be- uh, death a benefit policy from a particular insurance company to which he was subscribed to. Then the nominated beneficiary of the death benefit was John's father. Now, uh, it sounds complicated, but John's father then passed away two years before John passed away. Uh, But he was the nominated beneficiary. Now, the estate for John's father was at the time of uh, John's death. Uh, and not wrapped up and now the executor of the estate of John's father has laid claim to the death benefit to be paid into the estate. Uh, The wife, Lara, feels that uh, the benefits uh, should occur to her. She was his wife after all. Does the fact that she was for the most part financially dependent on John and was his wife not mean that his assets should automatically be hers alongside with that of John's father's?
1: So it's an interesting scenario. So in our law, once we have been nominated a beneficiary, whoever, for, especially specifically for a life benefit, whoever is your dependant makes no difference as to who the beneficiary is that you've nominated. So the nominated beneficiary will always be the person that receives the benefit. Then the second thing that we have to remember is that a person cannot get a best benefit. So you can't be... You can't be the nominated beneficiary any longer if you've been predeceased. So obviously, once your dad passed away, he no longer he fell away as the beneficiary. And because you never the the actual um, the owner of the policy never decided on a new beneficiary, the policy stands at the time of his death. The policy had no beneficiary. So what happens in a scenario where there is no beneficiary that's been nominated is that the benefits will literally just go into the estate. So if there was a will for example, and if the will had said Laura would, would um, inherit everything, um, Laura being his wife, then obviously she would have inherited the life policy proceeds together with everything else. If the will had said that it would have gone, for example, to Ben's daughter or his son or his previous wife or whoever, then the will would have been honored and all of the money from the life policy would have gone together with the money
0: in the will. So, you know, the, the, I know this is going to sound like I'm being very prejudiced against us women or against mm. men, but does being his wife mean nothing um, in terms of the benefits being paid out to her?
1: So, no, that's the thing. Is Once you have the right to nominate a beneficiary, then obviously you can nominate whoever you feel like. So that's why it's important for us and some wives to, number one, be honest with each other and then obviously to to make these plans accordingly. So if you're the wife of someone who works full-time but you're a stay-at-home wife, then obviously it's important for your husband to make sure that policies, life policies are in place. But then obviously for you as a wife, it's it's important to make sure that you are the nominated beneficiary, most especially if there's children involved who obviously will dependent on the priorities of of a life policy if something were to happen.
0: So it is very clear that when it comes to such things, we need to uh, be honest and open with each other as uh, family members and as partners. Because if I'm dependent on my partner for my daily living and my partner passes away and I was not nominated, that means even the children that are are, are within this family are not going to be uh, benefiting from uh, this particular uh, um, a deceased estate. Absolutely.
1: And we find in these days and times, we find many people living together, having children, being fully fledged families and never getting married for whatever reasons they decide never wanting to get married, but they live as husband and wife. Especially in those circumstances, it's important to get things in place to make sure that the wife or the husband, well, the the woman or the man, in the case of one passing on, would be protected. So in such circumstances, you can get a cohabitation agreement, or if there's children involved, you can get a parenting plan in place, and like I said, you can make sure there's, there's life policies in place and so on. But it's important, most especially if you're not married and you know there's no will protecting your your rights in the event of your life passing part, on.
0: Let me go to Anonymous, uh, who's on the line. Hey, Tima, good evening, how are you?
2: Very well, thank you, my darling, and good evening to you and your guest as well. And uh, thank you for being your guest on the show. I just want to ask one question, uh, two questions. One, if you are married under community of property, and you, may, you leave a will behind, and then you decide you want it changed. Um, uh, you don't want your, maybe your wife or your children to have uh, your assets or whatever assets you have. Uh, is it possible? Um, uh, and if you give it to somebody else, would there be a problem? Uh, would the children um, or the family or the wife, would they fight for the assets uh, if a will is made up for somebody else instead of the wife and children? Uh, that's question one. Question two is how many wills are you allowed to make? And um, if, uh, you, uh, say, you change the will, uh, uh, if you change the will, do you have to notify the individual originally when you made the first will? Now you want to change the will, maybe a second will. Uh, and uh, do you notify the individual that uh, that person is no longer in the will?
0: Thank you very much, Anonymous. Let's allow Kathleen to respond to you. Kathleen. Two very important questions there.
1: So um, I'm going to break it down into two parts. So in the first place, one must remember, if you're married in community of property, your and your spouse's estates become one estate. So if one of the spouses die, the other person automatically gets the entire estate because it becomes one estate. So that's the first important thing. And the second thing is that obviously when you're married in community of property, you and your spouse need to do a joint will because obviously the assets belong to you together. And then sometimes there will be circumstances where the husband and the wife, po- wife pass along at the same time. So then, obviously, you would say if the, the people died simultaneously, then the assets will all go to the children.
0: And and if there's no... Okay, so the second one was uh, the will issue. Yes. So And the, the second question I remember
1: she asked is if you have to notify the, the beneficiaries of a will, whether you changed your will... You don't have to notify anyone what is in your will. Um what is important though, a will is not something that's registered in some office where anyone can find it. A will is a paper that's signed. Um it can literally you can draw it up in your own bedroom and just make sure that two witnesses have signed it and then it's it's a binding will. But what is important, obviously, is that someone must know about the will so that it can be found and it it can be executed. If you're the only person that knows about your will and you put it in a safe, no one else knows about it, then it's never going to be executed upon your death. So no one needs to know what's going on in your will. You don't need to inform the beneficiaries of your will, whether they, they are beneficiaries or whether they are not beneficiaries anymore. That's up to you to decide. It is however important, obviously, to make sure that a copy of your will is with someone like a banker or your accountant or someone that you know you can trust um, or even with your attorney so that upon your passing, obviously, there is an official copy somewhere that someone
0: can actually act upon. All right. All right, Kathleen, let me go to that voice note. Hey, guys, this is Tanda. I have a question, guys. How old do
2: you have to be to get a will, or to be allowed to write a will? Yeah, what age What age do you have to be to be allowed to have a will?
0: All right, Kathleen, could you respond to that for us, please? Yes. So, in order to execute a will, you have
1: to be a major, so you have to be older than 18 years of age. Up until the age of 18, your parents obviously make decisions in terms of your your money money wise. You don't have your own estate, so um, in that regard, it's not there. But up to the point uh, that you turn 18.
0: I've got a question here uh, from Fundi, who's in East London. Fundi says, "Um, Patricia, what happens when the children are left out of the will? Are they able to then contest the will in a court of law? And I think this is a very very common scenario, especially if your will was uh, drafted before having children. Yes, of course.
1: So for the most part, the will will be executed as it stands. Um, there are obviously some legal disputes that you can raise against the will. You can go against the formalities, for example. So if the will wasn't signed by two witnesses, um, if a beneficiary of the will, for example, is suspected of being of having murdered the person that's deceased, um, such grounds, formality reasons. Then um, what we can also do is we can look at the will, we can say, listen, the will is 40 years old. It's obvious that it's no longer valid. There's been children in between. For the most part, though, if the will was executed properly, if it hasn't been replaced by a new will and the person knew full well that there was a will in place, it will be executed as it stands.
0: Let me go to another voice note here.
2: No, no. Look, uh, can I ask you a guest? If
0: you are married in community of property, you have a wife, you have two kids. All right. It seems like this voice note is just not audible. I'd like to ask you kindly, A-teamers, if you want us to assist you, please, please, please be loud, be audible. Because if we can't hear you, then we can't really, you know, assist with your questions. Kathleen, um, in terms of then now, you know... with with cases uh, of the pre-deceased beneficiary, uh, could you take us through that? Because I know that there there were some cases uh, in 2011 um, where the Supreme Court of Appeals had to consider a matter with um, some some facts around the beneficiaries of death benefits uh, preceded the policyholder. Yes,
1: there's actually been many cases, cases where it's been a situation where the the beneficiary has been disputed for various different grounds. So yes, there have been many cases where the person that's nominated was predeceased. Um, usually, a dispute would arise when the death of the of the beneficiary and the death of the of the insured person would be quite close to one another, so that it, it makes logical sense that someone would. Uh, the beneficiary is now um, um, the or, sorry, the policyholder is now deceased, and in the process of having the payout done, the beneficiary is deceased, and then it becomes a question of okay, but must the the proceeds now be paid to the beneficiary as the process has already started and this person is now deceased, or must it stop and go to the estate? So yes, there's very various pieces of case law that states quite clearly that once the beneficiary is deceased. Um, um, Before the benefits actually go into his account, he can no longer become a beneficiary or be a beneficiary. So if the beneficiary is deceased, um, the policy benefits will go directly to the estate of the policyholder, and that will then go either into the will um, and then divulge to his heirs or it will go into the interstate.
0: Now in the northwest says uh, my brother an early returned nurse passed on a few years back his son from the previous marriage was promised something by the present wife but up to now nothing came up he does not kn- he does not know where to start uh, regarding his father's estate what does what does one do in a, an instance like this
1: so the best place to start would be to go to the master of the high court in the area that, that the deceased person passed on in. So if someone, for example, lived in Limpopo but they passed on in, in Pretoria, the estate will most likely lie with the master of the high court in Pretoria. So the best case would be to go to the deceased estate's offices in the master of the high court. Ask for the uh, so you literally walk into the front door. You ask for the for the office to go to, and then you present the ID number of the deceased. And you ask for them to tell you who the executor of the estate is. So once someone is deceased, obviously the estate gets registered, and then executor must be appointed. So if, if the executor is literally the person that actually deals with the money in, in the estate. There's things that need to be sold; it gets sold. There's money that needs to go to as it goes to the heirs. So the best place to start to, to go to the master's office in the area that the person died. If the the if there's no estate registered in the area that the person died, the next stop would go be to go to the master's office in the area that the person usually lived, because it could also be that the estate would be registered there.
0: Let's go to Mohappy, who's on the line. Uh, Atima Mohappy, how are you doing?
2: I'm fine, thanks. Good evening, my guest.
0: Good evening. Yes.
2: My brother took out the funeral policy. He passed away, and then two weeks later,
1: the, the people in the policy, is me and his brother-in-law, and then two weeks later, the brother-in-law passed away, and then he made him the, uh, the beneficiary on the policy. So both passed away. So the money is not, uh, has not been claimed yet. So I just want to find out, in that uh, case,
0: what must we do? Thank you very much, Mohapi. Let's uh, listen on air so Kathleen can respond. Kathleen?
1: I, I didn't quite get the second half of the question, but what I did hear is that the brother passed away, and, and then, so the one beneficiary is still alive, and the one beneficiary is now is now deceased. So if there's two beneficiaries, the one is predeceased and the one is still alive, then obviously the, the benefits, the proceeds of the policy should go to the beneficiary who is still alive.
0: But how do they claim it then? Because that was one of his questions.
1: Okay, yeah, that's probably the part I didn't catch. So it depends on who the hold the, the insurer is. So it's literally a case of contacting the insurer and then to just fill in the paperwork and go through the steps and processes.
0: All right. so fill in the paperwork and go through the processes. Um, This is Late Night Conversations. We are in conversation with uh, Kathleen Briette, attorney and director of Vermeulen Attorneys. We have her for, um, yeah we've had her for for the past 30 minutes or so and unfortunately I know there's a lot of voice notes and calls coming in. We do need to allow Kathleen to take a bit of a breather. So Kathleen, for those who want to be in touch and ask Mm. more questions and get assistance around such issues of Um, Claiming of uh, an estate How do they get in touch?
1: So anyone is welcome to contact our offices You'll get all of our contact details on our website Including email addresses We've got a live chat that you can Chat to someone on air if you've got a quick question Or you can phone into our office But the email the website to look at is from jillenlaw.co.za.
0: Excellent. Thank you so very much. And uh, we are hoping that uh, all A-teamers are going to do the right thing and have that will updated. If they don't have one already, um, then they will definitely make sure that they do get one. Thank you very much, Kathleen.
1: A pleasure. Thanks so much.